WayFM for your Wednesday morning. Of course, that means it's Life Matters. Dr. Andrew Corbett in the studio. Very good morning to you, Doctor. Good morning, Dave. Great to be with you again. And we're certainly getting into the pointy end of autumn at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> which is really good, really welcome. We do hope that we get some rain, which I know that sounds strange to people perhaps visiting our state because we don't normally, you know, wish rain upon our state, but we need it, mate. Yeah, we we need it. I think some of our water reserves are down to... 11%, so we hope that some of this weather change brings necessary rain. Dave, it's only a week and a bit away now from the Launceston Easter Festival. Just wanted to mention that again. If you are available, do join us at a business breakfast. You don't have to be in business. You just have to have an interesting breakfast. And here, one of our keynote speakers for the Easter Festival, that's Dr. Jeff Zwerink, and he'll be sharing some of the latest scientific discoveries that give us good reason to believe that we are not alone, that there is more to life than what you can see, touch, taste or feel. So you can find out more about coming to that breakfast. It's normally uh, $100 to come, but if you book in anywhere between now and when it starts, it's just $40. Um, I was kidding about the $100. So it's $40 to, to come for breakfast. It's a buffet breakfast, cooked or continental, help yourself. And you will be out by 8.30. So for those people who have to get away to work, then it's it's plenty easy to be able to do that as well. So that's the Launceston Easter Festival. And also the Good Friday night. So that'll be Friday week. And we are hoping, God willing, we're hoping to have over 1,200 people turn up to the Albert Hall. And we have a great lineup. We have Peter Shirley. We have Roy Williams. And we again, we have Dr. Jeff Zwerink. It's going to be a great night, bit of a Graham Norton sort of feel to the night. So if you've got people who are doubters, unbelievers, who are cynical or sceptical, this would be a great opportunity to bring them along. They're really going to hear something that I think will challenge their doubts and hopefully get them doubting their doubts. I just want to clarify one thing. At the end of the Graham Norton show, he gets people on the chair and he pulls a lever <laughs> and the chairs flick over. We're not going to do that to people. Oh, look, we are looking for that chair. <laughs> he does do that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to watch where I'm sitting. Yeah. <laughs> There's springs on my chair. Watch yeah, out. I actually saw one where where the the, the story cuz I don't know how they pick them but they they put someone in the chair and, and if their story is interesting, they don't pull the lever. Yeah. So you might want to just come with an interesting story so that we don't pull the lever. <laughs> but anyway, look, it'll be a great night. It'll be be really good. And then afterwards, there'll be all sorts of things happening as far as display tables. And we're, we're looking at, uh, at feeding um, hundreds and hundreds of families as a result of the night. Uh, those families around our city and region who are perhaps a little less fortunate than than. Uh, many of us and so there'll be opportunity for that and people will see that as well um, Dave I want to want to just introduce and then we'll come back and get get into this I want to talk about life's applause and adversity I'm just very aware that we all crave affirmation you know mm. affirmation is that well done son you know that 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 sense where someone's just patted you on the back or just you know look, looked you in the eye and told you square you did really well. That's great. Oh, I'm really proud of you for what you've done. We all need that. Yep. I think if you're a dad listening to this, you probably don't realise just how much your children need that. They need to hear that from you. I would just invite you to cast your mind back to when you were a kid and your dad said that to you. Boy, you know, your chest swells, your, your, your chin lifts, you just feel 
air enter your lungs and it's just really good we actually crave that and there will be times in life when when we all have as i think andy warhol said five minutes of fame and in that five minutes of fame we're going to feel and sense the applause of people uh, hopefully and because of that that it's almost like getting just a taste of a drug because when you've had that it's like oh gee that was nice and the part of the danger is that, that we don't handle applause well. There's actually an ancient proverb that says a, a, a man's character is tested by praise. Mm. You know, when, when, when that man is praised, it actually tests his character because you can be praised and applauded and come away thinking, yeah, too right. I am pretty awesome, you know, or, or whatever it is. So I want to I want to just unpack that a little bit, and maybe give people some some words of wisdom on how we can handle applause and how we should live our lives so that we're not necessarily hankering or craving that. But here's the other certainty of life: I think applause is certain. You you will get moments of applause. Yeah. Probably not as much as you want. Probably. But Here's the other certainty, adversity. You will face adversity in life. So you've got these two things that almost left-hand, right-hand things. You've got Mm. applause and adversity, and I think they can shape you, both of them, into becoming a better person who can actually end up being more of a blessing to other people. So, Dave, that's what I want to talk about when we come back. Right here on WayFM, this is Life Matters. This is Life Matters on WayFM for your Wednesday morning. Dr. Andrew Corbett, of course, in the studio. And my name is Dave. And, uh, you know, no need to applaud because we're all about life's applause and adversity this morning. Yeah, it absolutely is, Dave. And I like the uh, – uh, I, I said applause, not pause. Yeah, I gave you the pause, not yeah, the applause. I'm, I'm starting I'm, to feel self-conscious now. Yeah, uh, yeah that was I a pause. I didn't give you the app. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, there are moments when we get applause, and isn't it great? It feels wonderful. You do something half decent, and you get applause. You get the thank you cards. You get the the people who go out of their way to to acknowledge that they appreciated what you did, and that is so nice. And for those people who have experienced that, it's just wonderful to get that. And sometimes it comes, as you know, we, we've talked previously about this, it comes just at the right time when you need it. Mm. Oftentimes when you're in the public eye or the public space, as you know, you are and perhaps I am a bit and others, you, you actually end up, or you, you get flat very quickly because you think, does anybody appreciate what I'm doing? Is mm. am, I just, am I just speaking to the air? Am I just, you know, doing this without much appreciation at all and then you get a card you get a card from somebody who's taken the time to write to you and to say just how much they appreciated what you did and how timely it was what you did and how well they thought you did it you know when uh one of the most delightful things that i get to experience is probably each sunday when i preach i'll i'll have people come up and and initially when it started to happen dave i thought oh these these people are just lovely they're polite they're so polite they say they really enjoyed that they really benefited from that then after a while you realize i think these i think people are being sincere i think people are saying they really did appreciate it and and one of the best pieces of advice that i was given by a a much older man was when he said people compliment you, you get their applause. When they compliment you, the best way to respond to that person is simply to say, thank you, thank you. And so over the years I've learned that if you say thank you to someone who's 
complimenting you or thanking you or you know, I'm using this under the category of applause, you actually make them feel there's a sense of fulfillment that mm-hmm. you give them. And, you know, occasionally I've said to people, thank you, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to say this. I, I really appreciate you going out of your way yep. to say this. And uh, at some sometimes when I've seen that for some people this is maybe not their normal deal, they don't normally thank or show appreciation, I've said Thank you so much. You, you, you'll have no idea just how timely your encouragement to me is right now. Yeah. And what I'm doing there is actually I'm trying to return the encouragement by saying I appreciate the fact that you've done this and this says a lot to me about who you are. What, what, we could Sometimes in life you don't always know what the best thing to do is. You have to figure out what the worst thing to do is and not do it. And so... With that in mind, what's what's one of the worst ways you could handle someone's applause? You, you, I mentioned before, almost flippantly, that you could say, "Yeah, well, you know, I am pretty awesome, and I am pretty, you know, the, I did put a lot of effort into that, you know." And and really, what you're doing is you're saying you, you didn't actually thank me enough. You know, okay. if, you, if you really knew how much I deserve thanks, you you would be thanking me a whole lot more than you are now. And that, how does that make that person feel now? Yeah. Well, I think you've actually just thrown their face in it. You know, you've actually just insulted them. So to to actually uh, say, you know, look, they they may not fully appreciate what you've done, but to bring that up then is is just insensitive. It's not appropriate. So here's the thing. Today, someone might say to you, oh, good job on the blah, blah. And you might think, good job on the blah, blah. You have no idea. I stayed up till late. I got up early. I put in sweat. You have no... And you could actually say that. Can I just tell you, that's in the what not to do worst category sort of end of the spectrum. Rather, simply this. Thank you. I I appreciate you saying so. I I appreciate your your thanks. I appreciate your encouragement or... Thank you. Just yeah. simply that. That's one of the best ways to handle applause. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I see a trend now on, on the major tennis courts of the world where the, the, the players take a bow and they curtsy and they kiss their racket and throw kisses to the, to the applauding, cheering crowd. I think, oh, give me a break. But just it's so nice when someone can just simply say, Thank you. That's one of the, I reckon, one of the best ways to handle applause. I want to come back after this and talk about the danger of applause, Dave, because I think applause can actually, at times, be negative for our soul. Mm, dangerous applause. Mm, intriguing. This is Life Matters right here on Way FM. It is Life Matters right here on Way FM. It is Dave with you this morning, Dr. Andrew Corbett, of course, in the studio. Life's applause and adversity. And uh, we've sort of like talked about the applause, but it doesn't stop there with applause. No, There's think, another side yeah, to it. Yeah, I, I do. I really think there actually is a negative. There can mm. be a danger to applause. And it goes something like this, Dave, because when when you're getting applause, it actually, I mentioned before, it's kind of like getting a just that little shot of a drug, you know? Mm. It's like, wow, that's good. And that what you begin to do is potentially live your life so that you're doing those things that you think will win the applause of people. And I reckon that's just a dangerous place to be generally in life when you're only doing those things which you think will please the crowd. I I wonder if politicians do that. (laughs) There's some applause. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're a comedian. <laughs> it's it's such a dangerous place, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, over the years I've I've had people say, oh, you, you, you know, you you take an interest in politics, are you going to enter politics? And no, I'd actually, as a you know, I quote one of my heroes, C.H. Spurgeon, who said, it, it, it's much better to be the prophet in the king's palace than the king on the throne. There's a sense in which we, uh, in, in people who have my kind of role, are better off being the person in the king's ear than the king on the throne. And one of the things that's really cool about, you know, some of the things that I do is, is, is after a while you, your skin hardens up a bit where if you get applauded or you don't get applauded, you realise that they're not your audience. And I love the story of the young the young boy who was brought to the retired master violinist in the Austrian village. And, and the boy's parents brought him, he was just three or four years of age, and they said, look, he's got an interest in the violin. Could you show him? I know that you're a concerto violinist, and, and, and could you show him how to play violin? And he says, sure. And it turns out the young boy had a real flair. He, he actually was, was a good learner. He could take correction. He, he, he worked hard. And, and as the years went by, he really became quite accomplished. And it got to the point where... The, the master concerto violinist had done as much as he could with this boy who was now mid-teens. And so he was snapped up by the Conservatorium of Music in Vienna and went and trained there for a few years and then entered the world stage and became a world-renowned violinist, travelled the world, filled you know the, the biggest concert halls around the world and the years went by and the, and the pride of the small village uh, was, was enormous about their, their local hero and, and he was so busy travelling the world that he didn't have time to come and you know come back to his little village where he grew up but he was going to perform for the first time in his home country Austria and, and perform at the, at the major Vienna concert hall and the whole village was excited, they organised a bus they they all piled onto the bus. They went down to the to the the concert, and there's thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people waiting for the Vienna uh, orchestra with the lead violinist uh, ready to come on the stage. And and the lights go dim, and the, the the violinist walks onto the stage, and he he plays, and they do the whole flick of the hair thing, and he's you know sweat flying everywhere, and there's there's people are crying as he gets quiet and brings it to that crescendo of emotion, and then builds to that dramatic end and people jump to their feet and there's lights and applause and all the rest of it and he does not he does nothing he's just standing there violin one side bow the other side and he's just scanning the whole the whole concert hall he's just scanning and he's motionless just utterly not moved by the applause of anybody until he spots one old man up in the third balcony and that man's sitting and then he sees that man stand and clap just give him a quiet clap. And at that, he bowed. He bowed to the old man in the third balcony, the man who had taught him how to play. And I think in life, you've got to realise it's not whether you get applause, it's who's applauding. Mm. Whose applause matters. Yep. And as a Christian, for me, ultimately, God's applause is really the only applause that should matter to me. And, and I'm ashamed to say that there are times in moments of weakness where, where I don't always keep that front and centre. 
You know, you, you, you relish the applause of people because I think as human beings, we crave oh, affirmation. There's no doubt about it. So, so the danger is that you begin to compromise. You begin to do things that you think will bring the applause of people and it can bring pride as well. You become mm-hmm. arrogant because, you, well, everyone thinks I'm awesome. Everyone thinks I'm great. And that changes your character dave i want to come back and let's let's look at the flip side of this not applause but i think life's certainty is that there will be times when you get adversity as well and i've got something to say about that okay this is life matters right here on way fm It is Life Matters on Way FM for your Wednesday morning. Dr. Andrew Corbett is in the studio, of course. Uh, yeah, life's applause, uh, we've talked about that, and uh, both sides of the applause. But there's also in life a thing called adversity. Yeah, what? Not, yeah absolutely. <laughs> what is going on? Sorry, sorry to, you know, Mimo. <laughs> Here it is. That, that you, that, that, you know, it, as much as we crave applause... The moment you decide, hang on, I'm not going to do what wins the applause of people. That's not how I'm going to live my life. What I'm going to do is what I like to call the, the noble things. I'm going, to, I'm going to live a noble life, which means you're going to do the right thing despite the fact that people may not applaud. And you, you're going to do the right thing. Just saw a great movie on the weekend. I, I referred to it in my message on Sunday as well. The latest Tom Hanks movie is called Bridge of Spies. Mm, It's a true story, and it's based on James Donovan, a a Brooklyn lawyer who is chosen by the U.S. government because he was a part of the Nuremberg trials. He was chosen to be the defense attorney for a Russian spy, Rudolf Ivanovich Abel. And it's a true story, 1957. And he notices that in the arrest of... Uh, Rudolf Abel, there was some procedural errors. And ordinarily, as an American citizen, if there are procedural errors in your arrest, such as they don't have a warrant, they don't have you know a right of search or this kind of thing, those are the, those are big enough issues to actually be let off. You can actually get your client off the charges because of these procedural errors. So he finds that despite all these procedural errors, the court, the judge, the US government, the CIA, the FBI, and all the rest of it are just adamant that the trial is a formality. We are going to execute this man for treason. And he he even points out, he says, but he's not a US citizen. It can't be treason. And there's all these issues that come up about how, how does this man have any rights? And James Donovan, who's recently come back from Nuremberg just he was one of the prosecution team of Nuremberg mm. they had to prosecute Nuremberg Dave without any law having been broken if you think about it the Nazi SS war criminals who were prosecuted at Nuremberg did not break one law because German law was what they were fulfilling yeah and so of course there is something in us that says well that's absurd they murdered, they butchered, they tortured all these things that are, we just know are morally reprehensible. And James Donovan was a part of the team that showed there's a higher law. There's a higher law to any law that any land, any government, any nation forms. And it's called the moral law, the natural law. And he pointed to the Ten Commandments not belonging to any nation. He said these are universal laws 
that apply to all people everywhere over all time. And a part of that has to do, you know, do not murder. And so based on that moral law, they were able to prosecute at Nuremberg. And he takes those same principles for this client, Rudolf Abel, and says this man has certain inalienable rights and we are violating them. And he, he as a lawyer, is targeted by by his friends they don't want to that they they just they begin to despise him they they begin to call him a traitor they his his family tell him to drop the case his wife pleads with him to drop the case because the ladies down at the country club won't talk to her anymore and and then they start getting rocks thrown through their window and and they, they begin to experience vandalism uh, the kids are uninvited to birthday parties and all this pressure that he faces to drop to drop this whole case the result was that he didn't. And Rudolf Abel says, tells him a story about a man who the partisans would beat when Russia was being um, invaded by the communists. And, and, and he just got back up and they beat him again. And he got back up and they beat him harder and he got back up. And eventually he just kept getting back up. And they, because of that, they respected him and they stopped beating him. And he said, we used to call that man Stoike Mujik, which means standing man, the man who got back up. And he says that to James Donovan, and it gives him the courage to go on despite all the adversity that he was facing. And Dave, in life, as much as we crave applause, when you do the right thing, not everybody is going to applaud you. When you do the right thing. Now, can I tell you, this you, This is not just about international criminal law. This has to do with what happens tonight in your family home, around your dinner table, with your children, when you as a parent have a choice. You can either give in to your tiredness and unwillingness to stand your ground and do what's right and shape the character of your children for their good and just give in. Or you can, you can be stoike mujik, you can stand, do the right thing, take on your children in one sense, because it's for their good. And you will face their adversity at least. You may even face your spouse's adversity who says, oh, come on, you know, loosen up or whatever. Uh, you've, somehow you've got to, at times in life, you've, you've got to know what's right. And you've got to stand your ground despite the adversity you face. Now, I think there's degrees of adversity. I want to talk about that and give some tips for how we can handle that when we come back. This is Life Matters on WayFM. This is Life Matters on Way FM for your Wednesday morning. It is Dave with you. And of course, Dr. Andrew Corbett is in the studio. We're talking about life's applause and adversity this morning. Dave, whenever you show leadership or take initiative to do what's right or what should be done, or you have a, as I heard someone describe it, a big, hairy, audacious dream that will benefit a lot of people, my rock-solid guarantee to you is that you'll face adversity. You will face difficulty, and that difficulty will often come in the shape of people. People will oppose what you do, even if they might end up being the beneficiary. This is just one of life's certainties, that in life, 
Yep, there will be times when you get applause. I'm saying that's great, but don't define who you are merely by where you can get that applause. That's a really dangerous way to live. And as I kind of tongue-in-cheek mentioned, I, I, I fear for politicians who who reduce the the national interest down to where they find the, the loudest applause. Because the loudest applause is not always a measure. In fact, often isn't a measure of what's right, what's morally right, and what is in the best welfare and interest of people. So let's be careful about that, but let's also not be put off by adversity. And too many people are easily put off by adversity. And, and the, the fact is that because there will be adversity doesn't mean you, you just give up at, at, at the first you know, roadblock or the first obstacle or whatever. So what does adversity look like? Adversity might look like just straight up opposition. Someone is absolutely defying you. They're taking you on. And this is where you, you have to realize this can actually strengthen you. It can actually make your vision, your mission, your case stronger if, and here's the if, and life often turns on the if, if you can actually make your case. So for example, we want to implement this new initiative, initiative X. And someone comes up and says, well, I like J-K-L-M-P-Q-R-S-T-U-V-V. I like I like V, you know, the letter before X. I like V. Why do we have to go to X? Well, here's Y. So rather, oh, here's X. Rather than explain, you know, just, well, you, you know, oftentimes what happens is when you face opposition, th- this is the way people react. They will insult and ridicule you rather than what you're proposing. And this is where it, it takes a, a great deal of character strength to not reply in kind, to be able to say, well, you know, I could call you all these insults, or I could actually explain to you why I think this is going to benefit us. Here it is. Here's, so that can actually strengthen your case. The other, the other type of adversity we are almost certainly going to face is criticism. The person who says, yeah, I told you so. I didn't think you could do it. I thought you'd fail. And by the way, failure is often the first step to success. That's just by the way. But so many people don't recognize success often has two or sometimes three steps. And the first one, maybe the first two, are failures. And so just because you experience adversity, which might just simply be criticism, doesn't mean you should give up. And and secondly, just because you're criticized doesn't mean you're opposed either. And this is where you, if you can begin to see criticism as actually something which may be constructive. It may actually help you. So when you begin to take on this different mindset, you begin to see adversity differently. I want to come back. I've got some closing comments, Dave. I want to talk about how we can sort of live our life not defined by applause and not not halted by adversity. This is Life Matters on WayFM. This is Life Matters on Way FM for your Wednesday morning. It is Dave with you in the studio, of course, Dr. Andrew Corbett. And the subject this morning, it's been quite interesting so far, life's applause and adversity. I, I must applaud you for uh, bringing the subject in. Uh, and I'm, I'm not adverse to what's been said this morning Come on. so far. Come on. Come, Come on, on, you Dave. Come on. Well, look, I, I just, I, I want people to understand that when you do the right thing, you, you may get applauded 
and good for you. But that's not why you should do the right thing. When you do the right thing, more often than not, you're going to face adversity. And that's not a good reason to quit either. So there's the kind of the two the two things here. We don't want to be put off because we get a little bit of criticism. We don't want to be put off because there's obstacles to overcome. Some of the greatest achievements in life are the achievements that actually work through each of the obstacles and they they do that. They work through the obstacles and they overcome them. And when you begin to see criticism, not as necessarily an attack, but something that's a a gift, and when you begin to see people's opposition as something that can actually help you to make your case clearer, present your case, be more resolved in your mission and vision, it can actually make you have the kind of character that will enable you to dig in and become better for it. Dave, I'm also pretty convinced that as I mentioned right at the start, if, if you're living for the applause of people, you're living for the wrong audience. You need to get your audience right. Perhaps there are people out there and they do feel a bit lost. They don't know where they get, you know, does anyone applaud me? You know, I don't know where I get any applause from. Well, I want to tell you uh, somewhere where you can get applause by the person who really matters. And that's your maker, your creator. And you may feel like he's not even on the scene. But can I tell you that you're just one prayer away from being reconnected with him, a prayer that asks him to come into your life and help you to live the way that he's designed and created you to live. And can I tell you that when you face adversity, sometimes life does get tough. You do face adversity. You do feel like you're all on your own. You do feel like it's too much. Can I tell you that if you've got God in your corner... There's, there's, not, there's, there's not much adversity that can overpower the sense of having God in your corner. And again, you're only one prayer away, a prayer that yields your life to him and asks him to come and help you to live the kind of life despite the adversity that you face. And it could be adversity as a parent. It could be adversity in the workplace. It could be adversity in your organization. It could be adversity for you wanting to stand up generally for society and do the right thing for the welfare of all. Whatever it is, with God in your corner, you'll get there. Dave, we'll have this uploaded a bit later today and if this has been a blessing to anyone we like to give first before we ask people to give back and if you are able to support YFM at this time we'd really appreciate your support we are largely listener supported and the government restricts how much income we can generate from advertising and sponsorship and things like that and right now we could really use your support so you can contact us at PO Box 43 Riverside 7250 or go on the, the website donate. and Dave I'll be back next week with a very special guest from Los Angeles yeah looking forward to that and of course uh, tomorrow night Finding Truth Matters right here on WayFM